0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays.
1: The reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, which can be found on page 1178 of the Church Bibles. In fact, 1179, I'm sorry. Beginning at chapter 1. Imitating Christ's Humility. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind." Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Jesus, who being in very nature God,
2: Before Pete comes to speak to us, let's stand to sing one more uh, hymn, Lord for the Years.
0: Words of my mouth and the thoughts of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord our rock and our redeemer, amen. Grief is the price we pay for love, words famously spoken by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II some 20 years ago. Words that are sadly fitting today, as we mourn her death. And for many, the price does feel very high. Our late queen was much loved. That's clear from the thousands of people who flocked to Buckingham Palace on a rainy Thursday evening as the news broke of her death, and from the tributes that have been pouring in from every direction, ever since and over the last few days I've been trying to work out what it is about the Queen's life that makes the grief so profound for so many of us some have talked about the stability she brought a reign that spans across eight decades and 15 Prime Ministers since her coronation in 1953. She is the only monarch many of us have known in our lives. Throughout all the turmoil, all the changes that come to us in this broken world, she has been a steady constant right at the center of the public life of this nation. And so some have spoken about feeling a sense of disorientation at the news of her death. But it's more than the stability she brought. It's also the service she gave. On her 21st birthday, aware that one day she would become queen, she broadcasted these famous words. I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. That was 1947. And over the next 75 years, 70 of them as our queen She has lived out that promise in the most extraordinary way. I had the privilege some years ago of gathering at an event where she was present. And over the course of several hours, as we stood around in groups, the queen moved around the room. And I was amazed at the interest she showed to person after person, taking time to speak to each person, asking how they're doing, listening to their answers laughing with some, consoling others. And I remember thinking, as I stood there for two hours, how exhausted I felt, and I wasn't even speaking to anyone. On the way home in the car, I thought to myself, I have no idea how she does it. And during her reign, the queen has carried out over 21,000 Royal engagements. People have talked of her selflessness, her sense of duty, her tireless desire to serve the people of this country and beyond, and all done with a smile and a sense of humor. I'm sure we'll all remember the skydive or tea with Paddington Bear. But it's no surprise, is it, that even this last Tuesday, just hours before her death, she was still serving her country as she said goodbye to the outgoing Prime Minister Boris Johnson and welcomed in the new Prime Minister, Liz Truss. Isn't this why we feel the grief that we do today? Because of the service she gave us all. Even those who might have mixed feelings about the place of the monarchy in this country can surely still acknowledge the extraordinary example of the life of our late queen. And perhaps the grief is heightened even further as we reflect on how rare her example is. It is often said, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And of course, in human history, there are many examples that prove the point. Not least amongst former kings and queens of this country who who used their status to live lives of of luxury and to put anyone down who opposed them. But to remain humble in the place of power, the place of status, as our queen did is a rare find indeed. The world has seen many famous and influential people who have done many remarkable things. But there is something uniquely powerful about the example of a humble person. And that perhaps speaks loudest of all. Certainly in our reading from the Bible, Philippians chapter 2, That reading holds up to us the absolute importance of humility. If you have a Bible open, do glance with me down at verse 3. The Apostle Paul writes this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Here is the way of life that God prizes, and it is the way of life so often modeled by our late queen. And so today, this coming week, as we mourn, I think we are bound to ask ourselves how she was able to live a life of enduring humble service especially when so many others have not done so. In her Queen's speech in 2008, she said this, I hope that, like me, you will be comforted by the example of Jesus of Nazareth, who often, in circumstances of great adversity, managed to live an outgoing, unselfish, and sacrificial life. It's clear from those words and indeed many other words the queen spoke throughout her life that she looked to the Lord Jesus for her example, for her inspiration. And that is the pattern we find here in Philippians 2. Look at verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus is the ultimate servant. In verse 6, we find that he had the very nature of God. He was equal with God, which means he is the one who made all things and who made all people. He always was and always will be. But then, verse 7, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Be made in human likeness. Over the last few days, I've heard various people comment on how the Queen was so good at mixing with the crowds. She didn't stay up in Buckingham Palace, looking out from on high at the masses down below. No, she would go down and she would mingle with them. She would speak with them and talk with them and hear their stories. And in some sense, enter into their lives but Jesus went further he stepped down not from a palace but from heaven to share in our human experience the hands that flung the stars into space became the waving hands of a helpless baby fully reliant on others for everything and he went even further verse 8 he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The one who created trees allowed himself to be hung on a tree. The one who created the elements allowed iron nails to be driven through his hands. At her death, our queen is rightly honored, but at his death, the king of kings was mocked and scorned and beaten. There has never been a greater downward step in the course of human history than the one taken by the King, Jesus, the ultimate servant. And the Lord Jesus took this step from the comfort and glory of heaven to the suffering and shame of the cross to put our interests before his own. On Friday, MPs were sharing some of their memories of the late Queen, and I was particularly struck by one story told by Harriet Harman. Maybe you heard it. She had been a cabinet minister for around about a year, and then suddenly she lost her job. She was sacked. And in that moment, she went from being a person in demand, a person that people wanted to speak to, that the phone always ringing, to suddenly being a person that no one wanted to be with. No one coming to see her, no phone calls. And it was a moment of real isolation, real desolation for Harriet Harman. But then the phone rang one more time and it was Buckingham Palace. Apparently the queen wanted to see her. And Harriet Harman describes how when she went to see the queen, she took time to thank her for her public service and to let her know that she was grateful all that she had done just one example of how the queen thought about the needs of others and sought to serve their interests but the lord jesus has done something far greater he stepped into our world to be our savior here's how the queen put it in her speech in 2011 Although we are capable of great acts of kindness, history teaches us that we sometimes need saving from ourselves, from our recklessness or our greed. God sent into the world a unique person, neither a philosopher nor a general, important though they are, but a savior with the power to forgive. You see... We've all failed to put the interest of others before our own. It's much easier to think what we want before what others need. And most seriously of all, we failed to love God and to put him first in our lives. It's what the Bible calls sin. And as impressive as the queen was in her life, even she realized that she needed A savior. Someone to rescue her from her sin. And that is why Jesus came down from heaven. To meet our deepest need. The forgiveness of our sin. And surely this is why our late queen was able to live such a remarkable life of enduring service. Because... She knew she had first been served in the most profound way by the ultimate servant of all, the Lord Jesus. And so today, as we reflect on the life of our late queen, there'll be many here today who, like the queen, know how much the Lord has done to serve us And so perhaps the question for us then is to think through whether the service of Jesus is changing our lives in the same way that it changed our late queen's life. But for others, perhaps the question is whether we've allowed Jesus to serve us. No one is beyond the need of his offer of forgiveness. Even our late queen knew this. But I wonder, have we accepted his offer? Jesus is the ultimate servant. But very quickly, Philippians 2 also shows us that Jesus is the ultimate king. I mentioned at the beginning that many of us are feeling this sense of disorientation that we've lost some stabilizing influence in our world. And it's a scary thing because our world is scary. As we look forward to what's coming at us this winter with the cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine, political upheaval, and many more things besides. It's very hard to live in life without stability, without certainty. And in this season of change, yes, in part, we need to look forward. King Charles III is now our new king. Yesterday at St. James's Palace, following his proclamation as king, he made this promise I shall strive to follow the inspiring example I've been set. And we should pray for King Charles that God would help him to keep that promise, that in God's strength, he would be able to lead in a similar way to his mother. But even as we look to King Charles, we need to look beyond him to the ultimate king. Look at how verse nine of Philippians two puts it. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Yes, Jesus died on the cross in great shame But for Jesus, life followed death. Glory followed shame. And there is great hope for us all here today because Jesus is king even over death. The grave could not hold him. And as he was raised to new and resurrection life, there's a great promise for each of us that as we put our trust in him, we will follow where he has gone And what great comfort for all of us as we mourn the death of our queen, knowing she was one who trusted in Jesus and his promises. Jesus is king even over death, but he's also king over everyone. Some today might have mixed feelings about the monarchy in this country, but one day Jesus will return, and on that day, verse 10 At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is a good thing. Jesus is the best king possible. He's the kind of king who would first lay down his life for us all to rescue us. He's the kind of king who would never misuse or abuse his power it is good to live under his rule and so even as we might feel disorientated and unsettled by the passing of our late queen elizabeth we can find true security as we look to the ultimate king who reigns over death over everyone and forevermore Grief is the price we pay for love. Today we grieve deeply the loss of a much-loved queen. But also on this day there is great comfort as we look to the Lord Jesus, the ultimate servant and the ultimate king.